Welcome to today's intelligence session. Today is Shabbat. We are still in the midst of our Pesach, Passover, Feast of Unleavened Bread celebration. And today, I would like to give some insight from a small paper that I wrote in Heidelberg, Germany. The title of my small treatise is called Yeshua, the Preexistent Master. Yeshua, the Preexistent Master. Someone will be enlightened and illuminated by these things that I've written. These things are written for the purpose of clarification and for the education of the children of light. The initiated sons and daughters of light, the followers, the disciples, the Talmudim, and the pupils of Yeshua HaMashiach. During this Passover Pesach celebration, I would like to elucidate upon the subject matter of whom exactly Yeshua HaMashiach is in the spirit as well as who he is in the flesh. Yeshua is unlike any other character that has ever existed on the earth plane. According to the flesh, according to his bodily ethnicity, Yeshua is called by the title, the son of Dawood, or the son of David, the son of Avraham. Avram was considered to be a Hebrew, as it is written. In Genesis chapter 14, verse 13, it says, the one who had escaped came and told Abram, or Avram, Ha'ivri, the Hebrew. As it is written, we also find in Romans chapter 1, verse 1 through 4, Shaul, or Paul, a servant of the Mashiach, Yeshua, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his Nevin through his prophets in the holy scriptures concerning his son who was descended from Dawood or David according to the flesh and was declared to be the son of Yahweh in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead Yeshua HaMashiach Adonai which is interpreted our master our Lord Avram was considered to be a Hebrew as it is written. Yeshua is not under any circumstance to be referred to as a Jew or a practitioner of what today is called Judaism. The term Jew 
does not exist in the Hebrew scriptures. Neither does it exist in the Greek manuscripts either. The term Yehudi does exist. The term Eudaios does exist. And these are found in the Greek and Hebrew scriptures. And these terms refer to Yehuda the patriarch and to those who descend directly from him as well as the people who are occupants of the land of Yehuda or subjects of the kingdom of Yehuda. According to many biblical sources and scholars, the remaining people of the nation of Yisrael were called by the appellation Yehudin, which is plural. It means Yehudites or Yehudians or Judeans when anglicized. This appellation was added after the event of the split between the two kingdoms of Yisrael, such as the northern ten tribes, which were referred to as Yisrael, and the southern kingdom of Yehuda, which contained the tribes, plural, of Levi and Benjamin, and sometimes other tribes of Israel. The tribe of Yehuda was very large in number after the Babylonian exile in contradistinction to the northern ten tribes, and a large remnant of the covenant people that survived were composed of members from the tribe of Yehuda. so the term Yehudim was applied as an umbrella term that overshadowed the Yehudim and the other tribes of Israel that were present in small numbers along with the Yehudim. Yes, I took the time to enucleate and break this down to a science because I want people to understand that there are tribes, plural. If one was to open his Bible and read Exodus chapter 33, you would see that specific individuals from the tribe of Dan had a function and an operation in the construction of the things that were to be placed in the temple of Yahweh. Also people from the tribe of Yehuda, people from the tribe of Levi. There is no mixing and matching of the tribes. Everyone comes from a respective, specific tribe. And today, ignorantly, we have too many people who just ignorantly have accepted and rejected the data that's clearly in the Bible that differentiates between the tribes of Israel. There would be no such term or phrase as the patriarchs if there was only one. So we can stop ignorantly, erroneously using the term Jew and Jews to refer to all of Israel because it doesn't refer to all of Israel. It only refers to one tribe and it's not even the proper term to refer to that tribe because there is no J in Hebrew, just like there's no J in German, just like there's no J in ancient English. There is no J in Hellenike. There is no J in Greek. It's a modern sound. So you're not exercising the most accurate pronunciation when you use the word Jew. Let us continue.
This is what the kingdom of Yehuda consists of, even though everyone in that kingdom was not specifically descended from the tribe of Yehuda. Yes. Yehudim was an umbrella term that was applied because of the scattering of the tribes of Israel, because of the diasporatic scattering of the tribes of Israel. But like I said, there are many different data points in the scriptures that have to be understood and have to be explained and they're not explained. They're definitely not explained. We've had 2,000 years to get some good understanding under our belt, but we don't have it. Oh, we have it, but the average Joe on the street who's been at the synagogue all his life, who's been at the church all his life, who's been at the mosque all his life, still does not understand the basic data of the Torah. And that is the result of sheer ignorance and laziness. That's all it is. If one is not qualified to speak about a subject, they should simply just shut their mouth. Simple as that. Across the board. Period. Like the Bible says, study to show yourself approved, which means qualified. Yeshua himself was a Hebrew Israelite from the house and the tribe of Yehuda. Yeshua was himself a Hebrew Israelite from the house and tribe of Yehuda. Why is he called a Hebrew Israelite? Because his father Avraham in Genesis chapter 14 verse 13 was called a Hebrew. A Shemitic Hebrew Israelite. Because today we have so-called European Japhethic Israelites, which are not Israelites at all. So I repeat, Yeshua was himself a Hebrew Israelite from the house and tribe of Yehuda. Yeshua referred to himself various times in third person as functioning as the son of man. The term son of man is a title first found in the mouth of the prophet and the scribe Enoch. Enoch in Hebrew, by the way, means initiation. In the book of Enoch, in Sifre Enoch, Enoch mentions as a clear description of the Son of Man, which in Hebrew has been Enosh. In Aramaic, it's Bar Enosh. It's also in Hebrew, Ben Adam. It means the Son of Man. So, in the book of Enoch, Enoch mentions a clear description of the Son of Man, which undoubtedly 
is none other than Yeshua HaMashiach. In the Ethiopian book of Enoch, it is written, chapter 46, verse 2. And I asked one of the holy angels who went with me and showed me all the secrets about that son of man, who he was and from where he was and why he went with the head of days, which we also call the ancient of days. Verse three, and he answered me and said to me, this is the son of man who has righteousness and with whom righteousness dwells. He will reveal all the treasures of that which is secret for the Lord of spirits has chosen him. And through uprightness, his lot has surpassed all others in front of the Lord of spirits forever. Yahweh is also called other places in the scriptures, the father of lights. And it is to be understood that Yeshua in the flesh is considered to be the chosen one, Yahweh's elected one. Verse four, chapter 46, verse four, the book of Enoch. And this son of man whom you have seen will rouse the kings and the powerful from their resting places and the strong from their thrones and will loose the reins of the strong and will break the teeth of the sinners and he will cast down the kings from their thrones and from their kingdoms for they do not exalt him and do not praise him and do not humbly acknowledge from where their kingdom was given to them chapter 46 verse 6 and he will cast down the faces of the strong and shame will fill them and darkness will be their dwelling and worms will be their resting place and they will have no hope of rising from their resting places, despite transhumanism. For they do not exalt the name of the Lord of Rukoth, which is the Lord of Spirits. There is also a reference to the esoteric fact that Yeshua is the pre-existent extension, which in other words is the manifestation of Yahweh himself. Yeshua by the Apostle Shaul or Paul is called the power of Yahweh, the power of the Tetragrammaton. In the book to the Hebrews, it is written that Yahweh has spoken to us in the Akadit Hayamin, i.e. the last days, by his son, Yeshua, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he created the worlds. Ionas, which means time in eternity, the worlds, the universe, the existence of times and ages, including the beginning of time. In the same passage, it is also written concerning Yeshua in verse three, that he, Yeshua, is the radiance of the glory of Yahweh and the exact imprint of his nature. And he, Yeshua, upholds the universe by the word, remati in Greek, of his power, dunameos in Greek. It is also written in the account of Yohanan, which is John, about the supreme nature of Yeshua. John writes that he, Yeshua, was in the beginning with the Tetragrammaton, yod -Hey 
All things were brought into existence through Yeshua, and without Yeshua was not anything made that was made. In Yeshua was life, Zoe in Greek, and the life was the light, Phos in Greek, of men. I repeat, in Yeshua was life, Zoe, and the life was the light, Phos of men. In another place in the book of Enoch, it is inscribed. In the Ethiopian book of Enoch, chapter 62, verse 7, it says, For from the beginning that Son of Man was hidden, and the Most High kept him in the presence of his power, and revealed him only to the chosen, which the book of Matthew calls the elect. It is also written in the Gospel of Yohanan in chapter 17, verse 4 and 5, that Yeshua, the Son of Man, said to Yahweh, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Abba, which is Aramaic for dad or father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world, the cosmos, existed. What is the cosmos? By the ancients and the classical writers, it is deemed to be the universe. It is deemed to be the harmonious arrangement and order of the universe. It also refers to Zava in Hebrew, which is the arrangement of the stars. Yeshua said that he existed before that arrangement took place which is why I titled my paper, Yeshua, the Pre-Existent Master. After reading this passage in John, Yohanan, it should become clear to the reader that the spirit housed inside of the body, the physical vehicle of Yeshua, is definitely supernal and not to be mistaken for a spirit of normal human constitution status and quality. Yeshua in another place said to the people listening to his discourse, I am from above, you are from below. I am not of this world, but you are. Where I am going, you cannot come, for you will die in your sin. From this formula, it is clear to deduce that according to the spirit, Yeshua is the wisdom, the power, and the Memra, which is Aramaic, the Logos, the word of Yahweh. In the Gospel of Yochanan, it is written that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with Yahweh, and the word was Yahweh. In Aramaic, we refer to this as Ha-Memra. From the scripture written in Yochanan, it is absolutely clear to see that the word and Yahweh are exactly the same. They are identical. It is from Yahweh that the expression or utterance came forth from, and from within for that matter, Therefore, Yahweh and his word 
are indivisible. This is a principle that can be easily understood if one was to investigate basic mathematics and mathematical principles.